finds Draymond Green. Green to the basket, kicks it out of Godala. Thompson for three. Bang! Clay Thompson from downtown. It's a six-point lead. Timeout Rockets. A stunned Toyota Center crowd has watched a seven-point fourth-quarter lead turn into a six-point deficit. Yo, 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 guys. What is up? And welcome back to the Game Saves Clay podcast. It's your boy, Gotham. This time, joined with my boys, Charlie and Matt. Uh, we got a full house today, guys. Thank you so much for joining us here on the next episode, the Western Conference Finals edition, as predicted by all three of us going into the Memphis series, as I predicted last time. Um, we're in the Western Conference Finals. We're back, guys. Six times, eight years, um, two-year break. We're back. But before we get into how we got here, what's going on, Matt, Charlie, been a long time, man. I missed you guys on the last one. How we how we living, brothers? Good. I'm glad, <laughs> glad to be back after you picked us up with that amazing solo effort. I uh, don't know how you pulled yourself through that one, but, you know, kings do kings do king stuff. That's what we love to see. <laughs> I'm proud for doing king stuff, too. And Gotham went full. Nick Carter from the Backstreet Boys did his own thing for a minute, and he killed it, man. Uh, <laughs> no, doing good, man. It's been a... It's kind of like Gotham and I were talking about it right before you hopped on. Sure, that's been a very, very unstressful last few days watching other teams uh, duke it out in game sevens that don't involve, uh, you know, Desmond Bain and Jordan Poole. So it's been a nice last few days, guys. Damn right. Well, hey, say like you said, man, it's been a couple stress-free days of uh, of enjoying the, uh, the playoffs shaping out. But um, let's uh, let's take a step back to uh, the stressful times that we that we endured um, last Friday. Um, and kind of that whole Grizzlies series, but um, obviously the Warriors ended up uh, taking the taking the Western Conference second round against the Grizzlies four um, two. You know, a lot of a lot of stuff went into that series, um, just on the court, off the court. What's a foul? What's dirty? Um, just so much stuff packed into you know whatever se- seven ten days of basketball just going on, and um, it really felt like the Warriors not only survived but kind of learned a lot and I think it was really great for the growth of the team but um uh, first question off the back guys what did you guys feel that the uh what did you guys feel that you learned or that the Warriors learned about themselves um from that series because it was a grueling one man that was a physical um gritty series win and even that game six to close it out was you know until the end there was uh it was back and forth didn't know what was gonna happen so what what did you guys overall take about that second round series I think just the fight in this team man, like that's really what surprised me, you know, and it's a tough thing to pull together a second time, even with the Steph Clay and Draymond core, you know, things are different for them. I'm sure like they're no longer in their physical primes. Obviously Clay's having his struggles. Draymond really just did not have a good series offensively and they still managed to pick things up. They had guys still working in their roles and they managed to pull out a really tough and nasty series because you know, like you said, regardless of all this discussion of what's dirty and what's not, like it's tough for a team to pick back up after you see an important player like GP2 go down hard on a play that could have been avoided and probably get probably lost for the playoffs. Like that's that's a tough thing to bounce back from. And you have Draymond getting ejected in game one and them still pulling off a game one on the road, uh, which is still probably one of the things that just set the tone for this series. And if you don't win that game, you might not win the series at all. So I think those are the things that really stood out to me uh, more on an individual level, like Andrew Wiggins, man, 
like the dude played with a demon in him all series, like on the glass, like stepping up as like an off ball defender, being elite on ball when they needed him, especially against Jaw. So props to him, man. Like he really showed out. Yeah, I actually have I have Wiggins in there as well for mine. Um, I, I just put Wiggins as a four. He's he's a power forward right now, and that's not a thing that we. I didn't feel super confident about it going into the playoffs. I thought it was a necessary, you know, facet to their success. But he absolutely was a hero this series. And again, we talked about it. He fought his absolute ass off, and that was kind of the only of the teams left. No other team really has the bigs to punish the Warriors in that way. So I don't expect this kind of Wiggins to go away as long as the aggression's there. Uh, and so I'm looking forward to it. I also, Charlie, like you said, the toughness, uh, this team is absolutely huge. I mean, the good, you guys have noticed this. I'm sure I'm a panicky guy. I tend to like, my, my emotions fluctuate with these things, you know, and I, I, I'm, I'm like either anxiety driven or I'm on like a meth methamphetamine high when things go well, you know what I mean? So it's, it's horrible, but, um, they got blown out by 55, man. And that was, I was just like, you guys saw me on Twitter. I was 39, like, 39. I was That's freaking out, man. Whatever it was. You know what I mean? Gotham, of course, was like having second thoughts about who to host the podcast with. And I was doing that stuff, I'm sure. But <laughs> um, the core, like Gotham predicted, and Charlie, I'm sure you were thinking the same thing, man. Those three guys show up when they need to. And I know game six clay aside, it could have been a game four. It could have been a game seven, I think the outcome would have been the same because those guys show up. Uh, Steph in the fourth was, he closed the game. Clay in classic OKC game six, Clay fashion, kept them in the game the first half. Um, and Draymond was just, he was immeasurably better in that game than he had been previously. And so I think not, I think it was kind of a relearning for me that these guys are, they're gonna, they're not going to go out like punks ever. Uh, and they're, those three guys are uh, as much as a team could ask for to close the series out. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree with what you guys have said so far. Um, the biggest thing that I learned, um, and not necessarily, I mean, I, yeah, I kind of learned, I guess, about this team is, you know, the the notion about the Warriors, especially, you know, this entire run and whatever, is that they're a soft jump shoot, jump shooting team. And, um, you know, this Memphis series, especially once John went out, and I think people kind of, you know, kind of just tosses out, oh, the Memphis Memphis lost their superstar, um, you know, easy, easy win for the Warriors. But that Memphis team without Ja, A, they're really good. Um, but they're kind of built with that size, as we saw, Stephen Adams, Jaron Jackson. That size is what, you know, was one of the biggest problems for the Warriors um, in that game five, that game four, and game six. Like, it was, they like, they made adjustments. But um, you could see that that, that physicality, um, just the size of the Grizzlies was giving them trouble. So I genuinely think that um, the Memphis team was a worse matchup once Jaw went out. Um, but, you know, for this team to, you know, really win two series in one, um, two kind of different teams and to do it by punching them in the mouth. Um, I said it on the last pod, but, um, you know, I thought it would be an offensive explosion that like as a punch in the mouth, but the Warriors came in um, uh, with Looney in the starting lineup and, uh, you know, really took Memphis's, just took the game to them in terms of, you know, uh, crashing the boards, um, dying for loose balls. Um, you could see that, you know, these guys want it. Um, so that, that was really, I mean, it's not something that I, I feel like you learn. I think we always thought that, you know, these guys have their winning team, um, but we saw what that winning looks like. And, you know, that it resulted in 70 rebounds in game six, which shout out, come on Looney, shout out Andrew Wiggins, um, Draymond, Steph, Clay, whoever, everybody that got a rebound that game. I mean, you could see that, um, it was it was hammered in um, pregame. You could hear it, um, you know, for just from the uh, press conferences and everything. But 
those guys knew that they know what it takes to win games, however dirty it might be, however gritty it might get. Um, they're going to, they're going to do what it takes to win. And, you know, until, until somebody knocks them off their, off their throne, um, healthy, um, the Warriors have proven that they, they're right back where they belong in the Western Conference Finals. I also want to add real quick, just this team, they're, they're not big, but they actually, they have the definition of playing big at every position, uh, whether it's Draymond, obviously the six, four, you know, best defensive center in the league, uh, Porter, is an absolute freak on, on the boards, man. He and Looney are just absolute warriors. Neither of those guys is bigger than six, seven, six, eight. Uh, but you wouldn't know it based on the way this team rebounds. I think those looking, checking all the numbers, Warriors have been top six team in the postseason out of all sixteen to start with rebounding the ball, and it's not. And you don't you don't do that without team rebounding like this team, especially. And Looney and Porter are big, big parts of that, and they cannot be overstated how important those guys are to this team and how important they're going to be in this next round. Yeah, I just want to add real quick, like, it also just shows, like, like, yeah, I said it a little bit earlier, but, like, the way the Warriors can win games, like, they were turning the ball over um, offensively, like, we were, we were talking about it on the pod, man, like, there were, there were times where they just didn't look like they had a chance to win or they were going to win, but they'd find a way, and I think that, that's the biggest thing that, if anything else, for these young guys that are going through this first playoff run, the Wiggins, um, Port or not Port, not Port Kanda, but uh, Poole, Kuminga, um, all these young guys, for them to just get these minutes and um, you know, really help out in winning games. Um, it's just going to help the Warriors throughout these next two rounds. So, um, good, uh, great series win. Um, I don't think, you know, I think we would have hoped that GP two would come out of it healthy, but um, it sounds like from uh, from what Steve Kerr was saying that you know, it was an outside chance, um, but he's healing well. So, um, hopefully, uh, sooner than later we'll get him back. But um, I want to jump into a little bit about. Um, this Western Conference Finals matchup. And before we get into the actual matchup, um, kind of want to get into this uh, this kind of hypothetical matchup with the Suns that we had played out. And uh, just your reaction uh, real quick to seeing, A, not seeing Warriors-Suns pan out in terms of, um, I think, preseason, during the season, everybody was like a Warriors-Suns, Warriors-Suns. And we always felt that it would be the Suns on the other side. And to see that absolute shellacking um, by whatever the guy, they pulled a Warriors game five um, in the game seven at home. So uh, shout out Phoenix, but um, just you guys take real quick on like that, just your reaction to, you know, I guess expecting Phoenix um, this whole time and um, now getting home court advantage throughout the rest of the playoffs and, uh, and, a, and a solid Dallas team come to town on, on Wednesday. In my main my main surprise really is that Dallas was the team that ground down Phoenix with counters, like finding weaknesses and just exploiting the hell out of them. And in this case, it was Chris Paul on defense. Like they just threw him into absolutely everything they could. They made him work as hard as he possibly could on defense. And he just wore down like as the series went on and, you know, the guy's 37, like he's had injuries. He's like, you know, a smaller guy, like no one can really fault him for all of these things, but Phoenix relies so much on him in the fact that Dallas just, you know, like Monty Williams being out coached by Jason Kidd, not something I saw coming. Uh, like Luca outfoxing CP three as great as Luca is. That's a tough dude to, you know, outsmart. And I, you know, you could argue that it was Chris Paul's like body that let him down in the end, but the team is the team and, you know, they went in, they found that weakness, they picked them apart and they won four of the last five games in pretty convincing manner over 
what was the best regular season team in the league. And, you know, I think there are some reasons to say like you, that, you know, maybe we sort of overrated them as a playoff team, but they still found a way to be incredibly effective. Like this is still a team that won 10 straight or 11 straight last year in the playoffs. Like they just, they found a rhythm and they just clicked and they kept running and didn't happen this time. But like, I still, I still thought Phoenix was going to be this way and all the props to Dallas for, you know, being able to find those weaknesses and just pull Phoenix Phoenix apart in game seven. It was nuts to watch. (laughs) That was, I was, I was really strongly with all my heart and soul hoping for a, uh, hoping for a Phoenix loss in the game seven. Uh, I seeing Chris Paul lose. I, I get way too much joy out of it, to be honest. And I will continue to, I just, I think Dallas, one thing they did in that series, like you said, they beat the hell out of him and Luca posting up Chris Paul was just the most, it was intentionally physical. It wasn't just like, I'm bigger than you. It was like, I'm bigger than you and you're going to feel me every single time you're guarding me. And it definitely warmed down. They put him in every action. And again, he's six foot, 37 years old. Uh, it's hard to keep that stuff up. And that'll be a potential issue for Golden State if they uh, can't figure out how to not switch everything. But we'll see how that goes. That's later, not for now. Um, but it was it was honestly fantastic. I'm not gonna lie. I had a, I had a wonderful reaction to it. It was I I was uh, I was thrilled. And I think it's not it's not about anything other than Chris Paul, to be honest. I just can't stand the guy. I can't. And seeing seeing Dallas over and over again not put up with with Chris Paul's antics was fantastic. There were plays where uh, you know Luca was was tossing him around. He tried doing a little bit of arm grabbing on Brunson. Brunson tossed him around a little bit. And I think in addition to the quad injury, which I'm dubious of how serious it was, I know it's messed up. I'm sorry, Chris Paul, uh, but um, I think Dallas got in their heads, man. I think Luca is. I think by he's probably he's got to be the, the preseason pick for MVP next year. The guy is incredible. He's insane. Uh, what he's been doing the last three, four weeks of the season has been nuts. Um, but no, just an outstanding collapse. Absolutely outstanding collapse. I don't think we'll ever see anything like it again unless the Suns get to a game seven and second round next year. So that's my two thoughts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I agree, man. I think I think the best part was I I, I wanted the Suns to win solely because I wanted to be the one to, to send Chris Paul home um, as the Warriors, another um, playoff loss to Steph Curry. But nah, you said it, man. It was, it was beautiful to watch. Um, just, uh, it was, it kind of just happened so fast too. Like it felt like, all right, Phoenix might find a way, might find a way. And then all of a sudden they're down 20 and you're like, yo, we're playing the Mavs on Wednesday. Like we got home court. Um, so I think, uh, you know, I think that, just the whole season narrative um, of having, you know, Phoenix being that team where uh, we were chasing them. Um, just a lot of talk from from the other side and um, Dallas. No, no disrespect, Dallas, and obviously a very, very formidable opponent. Um, but it just felt narrative wise, it would have been that much sweeter to beat uh, to beat Phoenix and Chris Paul on the way to the finals. That being said, um, we got there; they didn't, so they're not they're not good enough to. Uh, to get there um, in the finals. Um, but we are playing the, uh, the Dallas Mavericks, man. Can I, can and, I pause real quick? I just want to add something. Getting the yeah. conference finals is really freaking hard. Yeah. And the yeah, fact that, that the Warriors have done this six times in eight years is incredible. And it's not supposed to, and again, all jokes aside, the Suns were incredible this year. They were really good. 
Uh, I, I would have picked them to get there in my like heart of hearts, but, um, the, the part of my heart that considers the Suns is black. And so I can't, it's not, it's not meant for rational thinking, but, um, they were incredible, but it just goes to show how hard it is for a team to get the conference finals. Chris Paul has done it like three times. It's like 17 year career. I mean, the fact that the Warriors are doing this again, just, I hope, I hope we get a chance to really, no matter how things go, um, just praise the hell out of this team for the longevity. It's not common and it's not, uh, for most guys, it's not sustainable. So really stoked that the team is here. Yeah. I mean, I think looking back on the season, like we said, like, I think preseason, I want to say I picked them to make the conference finals, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm sure, you know, it was always like one of those, you never know what's going to happen just because it's so hard to do. But like you said, um, it's hard. I think, you know, we'll look back on the season regardless of how, you know, it ends up that it would be successful, but being in the middle of this fight, playing the Mavs in the West conference finals with a very, very great chance to make it to the, to the next round of the NBA finals, which would be for the sixth time in eight, eight years again. Um, but that being said, we got We got to get past this Dallas team, and um, like you said, guys, they're they're good. They're a good team led by a superstar in Luka Doncic, who you know I think is fair to say that he's the best player in the series. Um, but you know, as we dive kind of deeper into the Mavs, what what do you guys think are the keys to success for the Warriors to have one more chance at competing for another Larry? So, as we talked about. Wiggins against Memphis, dude was out of his mind. Like he was on a different level of intensity and engagement than we've really seen from him all season. And I think it's going to be huge to have that keep up because a matchup like Wiggins, I mean, a matchup like Luca for Wiggins is pretty ideal. It's a lot of strength. It's a lot of stuff out in space. He's going to try to throw him in the post sometimes. Like Wiggins is versatile in how he guards and, you know, I think people sort of had the misconception in the Phoenix series that Mikhail Bridges was going to be the guy who can lock down Luca, but he doesn't like play up to his size necessarily. He's better at guarding guards. You know, like he'd be much better served guarding Steph than guarding Luca. And he can't really like do that against bigger wings. So Phoenix didn't really have the sort of on ball answer for Luca that Golden State does because you have Wiggins, because if Draymond gets switched out on him, obviously not ideal because you're taking him out of the help role, but you know, Draymond guarding him in space, I'll take that every time. Uh, you know, they do have guys like uh, Poole and Clay, who I think are pretty attackable right now. Um, you know, Clay maybe can take away some of those post-up looks and some of the deep block stuff, but you know, Poole would be food, <laughs> for Luca, you know, love the guy, but that's where his defense is at right now. And it's not an insult to say that Luca will carve you up because that's what he does to everybody all the time. And, you know, Steph is an excellent trail defender, but he's trailing most of the time. So, like, you got to rely on Wiggins and Draymond really being like the tether that holds that defense together when they're on the floor. And also, you know, our guy Cavani crushes it on the glass, but. It's sort of like, you know, when you were playing when you're playing against an Embiid, like Luca is so crafty and trying to get guys up in the air and you know get shots on like his second motion to create and ones. And Looney just does not bite for fakes. So that should be that should be a little, you know, wrinkle that should hopefully help Golden State like keep him off the line. You muted that, but um 
Can't hear you on that one, but I'll, I'll, uh, I'll I'm sure it was brilliant. Well, I know, it sounded, looked amazing. I was actually just making fart sounds, so it's all good. Um, <laughs> so I was, uh, I was glad you brought up the uh, bridges aspect because a lot of a lot of Suns people out there, a lot of people out there in general, are kind of saying, "Hey, bridges couldn't slow down Luca. None of your guys can." And Charlie, my response is kind of the same. Luca's not a guy who is going to be bothered by length, um, especially length that's not accompanied by strength. And Bridges, for how good he is on defense, like you said, he's he's a guy that's like built to just wreak havoc on on uh, smaller guards. And Luca is the farthest thing from that. Uh, and I do again to be clear, no one is. It's kind of like Jokic in a lot of ways. Luca is gonna he's gonna like, leave the series uh, whether or not with a with a victory or not, averaging thirty ten and ten or something along those lines. Right? It's gonna happen. It's just about making it really hard for him. And I actually think the Warriors have the guys for that. And you brought up Wiggins. You brought up. Um, Draymond and I think what will maybe allow Dre to get out there a little bit more is just the fact that there's not a lot of there's not a lot of need for Draymond at the rim right now or as much in previous series because he can kind of come out a little more because the Mavs don't have a lot of guys who are getting to the basket they're a team that's going to shoot the hell out of the ball um, and so it might give you know you might be you might feel okay putting a little, a little more responsibility to the rim with Porter or Looney in that case um, I also think Clay is going to get some looks at Luca and I'm not going to be surprised at all if Clay starts on Luca because again, it's not a matter of Luca can blow, blow by people, but he's not the same athlete that a lot of these guys are. And Clay has actually, against the non you know super athletes in the league, done a decent job I think this year uh, individually. Uh, even have a very small sample size this season. Luca shooting two for seven on Clay. I know it's probably one or two games, but um, he tried posting up Clay a couple times. One of those matchups I remember Clay in the post right now is still pretty solid. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing how they defend him individually. I think part of the Part of the you know the, the game plan is going to be whether or not or how often they're blitzing Luca, and it's going to be it's kind of similar to Jokic in that he's going to find guys. The difference though in this series is that you know the Mavs have real real shooters. They have guys who can actually knock down threes, and they actually also have two guys who, outside of their best player, can put the ball on the floor. And Brunson and Dinwiddie, Dinwiddie's been you know on and off, but Brunson's been a hell of a player the whole postseason, and. I, I think the Warriors come out of Denver either way, but I'm just saying if, if Jokic has two guys like that, that series is a lot different. And I think having outlets like that's going to make it really difficult for the Warriors to contain this guy. Yeah. Outlets that can defend too. Like they're the dudes who pick up the defense around him. You know, like that's what's so crazy about this team. So I think that's what put, you know, like it, Jokic had some shooters, but they couldn't defend Oleg. So he was losing it elsewhere, but Dallas doesn't really, lose that defensive ground with their shooters because all their shooters can play defense. Yeah. And like, that's, that's where I think the biggest key to success is, is the Warriors turning the ball over. Um, obviously Memphis, that Memphis, that Memphis series was just discussing with the amount of turnovers that, um, you know, I can give Memphis credit. I mean, they were a long athletic team. Uh, I think they forced the most, most turnovers in the, uh, in the regular season, Dallas much, much lower on the list. So I think that the Warriors, We'll get those. I mean, obviously, Dallas is a great defensive team. Like we saw, twenty-seven points and a half. But um, I think that the Warriors, just with their ball movement, um, you know, will be able to get good looks, much better looks than they were able to generate last time. And I think if they can just keep that same kind of flow that they had in that last five, six minutes of Game Six um, that we saw also in Game Three, um, I just think offensively the Warriors have too many, um, just too many weapons that can, you know, kind of. Uh, neutralize um, this, you know, kind of heliocentric Luca offense. Um, Cause like you said, Luca's going to get his, um, he's a superstar. 
Um, and I, I would I would go as far as to say he's the best player in the series. But the Warriors have the next two, three, four, five. You know, I, I, you can rank Dinwiddie in there somewhere with whoever, but um, over Pool. But you know, I think role players wise, the Warriors have you know Warriors have uh, Warriors have the uh, the talent advantage. So realistically, I mean, it's going to be coming. It's going to come down to shutting down those guys, the the Dinwiddies, the Brunsons, um, Kaliba. You know, you can't let those shooters get into a rhythm, as we saw. Um, then, you know, kind of like the four of those five games and against the Suns, they, those shooters caught fire. Um, Luca was making, uh, Luca was making plays and obviously Luca has the talent to, to win series and games by himself. So if the Warriors are able to make Luca the one guy that can beat him, um, I think he can beat him, um, in a game, maybe two. Uh, but I don't think he can beat him four games. So if they're able to, if they're able to neutralize the rest of those guys, um, you know, kind of not let any one person get going. Um, I just think the Warriors offense has uh, the ability to really um, have a coming out party. Like you said, Clay's going to get looks. Poole's going to get looks. Steph, um, he's still, you know, everybody talks about his jump shot, but Steph's been playing amazing this playoffs. We haven't seen a nuclear Steph performance yet. He's low key, like third in scoring in the postseason or second in scoring. Yeah, yeah and he's like that. number one in the fourth quarter, and everybody's talking about his like efficiency rating. I'm like, yo, we're getting the wins. He's putting up numbers. Chill the fuck out. Um, but. <laughs> Like it's really like it's annoying to see sometimes like some of these like just staff stands where it's just like oh he's not shooting forty five percent from the field I'm like yeah no but that's add, that's my key yeah that's my key I want to add on to what you said because the turnover thing is actually huge because if they if they don't turn the ball over I was I was listening to uh, Slater I think earlier talking about uh, Warriors rebounding versus Dallas rebounding so I looked at the numbers a little bit the Warriors on the offensive glass are sixth in the postseason Dallas is fifteenth so they're the second worst overall and. I think if the team's left, they're the worst. Um, if in the Warriors overall, again, uh, about 10 spots higher than Dallas, if they can take care of the basketball, they're going to win the rebounding battle. You win the possession battle that way. And that's going to be in a, in a team, in a, in a series that's going to be really heavy in three point shooting, maximizing possessions is going to be absolutely freaking huge. So I think the turnovers is actually going to be massive. I love that Gotham. Yeah, also uh, real quick, I also want to say we're we're getting Steve Kerr back as well, who I would argue is one of the best like in highest percentage three point shooter ever of all time. Yeah, he's gonna step in, strap on the laces. Um, no, but like just you could see it like the just Kerr's presence on the bench was missed those three games that he was out. Um, Warriors were able to pull out two of them, but um, you know, I just think having that guy, having Kerr back on the court, um, just to even when the Warriors do get into a, kind of a funk with either turnovers, missed shots, whatever it is. He's always kind of that calm presence where, especially in game five or game four or five, I forget which one it was, but, um, you know, you can kind of see Mike Brown kind of struggling with the timeouts. Maybe, uh, you know, Steve Kerr might have called a timeout here. That's a lot of whatever discourse was going on, but just having your head coach back is going to do wonders for this team. Um, you know, you're hearing it from the guys. I think that, um, you know, they're, they're ready for this matchup. They, they know that Dallas is a uh, very, very solid team, very potent team. Obviously took down the, uh, took down the Suns, but, um, it's going to be a fun one uh, Wednesday, man. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, uh, I'm thinking, though, I'm not going to lie, I need about 30 seconds to a minute to tell you guys about Anchor. So we'll be right back. Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> yo, 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 guys. Welcome back. Matt, thank you so much for those just kind words for Anchor. Um, shout out Anchor. Um, you guys are clutch, man. Uh, send us those checks, though. Um, don't know where those, don't know where they're getting deposited, but uh, let us know. <laughs> uh, but anyways, uh, before the break, we're kind of talking about our keys. This uh, keys this Western Conference series against Western Conference Final series against the Mavs. Um, now let's kind of dive a little deeper, gentlemen. Let's get into 
the X factor in this series because there's a lot of a lot of great talent on the court. I mean, obviously it's it's a, it's a West Conference Finals, but um, like you said earlier in the in the episode, Matt, both these both these teams shoot a bunch of threes. There's going to be some high octane just performances shooting, um, and a lot of guys have an opportunity to you know cement that uh, cement themselves into sending their team into the NBA Finals for this season and win that Magic Johnson uh, Western Conference Finals MVP trophy um, first year running. Uh, but I want to want to get you guys take as to who um, who is the uh, who is your X factor because um, as I said there's there's a lot uh, Chuckster Matt take it away man who's uh, who's your guys X factor I'm sorry that name is oh I forgot I forgot that we just like what is it like the Bob Pettit Award for the Eastern Conference <laughs> now. No, it's Larry Bird. No, it's Larry Bird. It's, it's, uh, it's Larry Bird. Bob Cousy. Bob Cousy. Oh, Bob Cousy. Oh, right. ew. Gross. I like Shout it. Shout out Mad Dog Unleashed. <laughs> oh, like no, I definitely don't like it. Yeah. No, that's uh, but no, who's, uh, who's, you guys, uh, who's your X Factor, Chuck? So my X Factor is going to start off with a question for you guys. Uh, top 10 scorers, points per game left in the playoffs. How many do you think are on the Warriors? Top 10 scores, how many are on the, the Warriors? Playoffs? Yes, Three. left in the playoffs on the remaining four teams. Three, two, two. I'm saying one. Four. <laughs> are we sure? Oh, we're very sure. <laughs> Wiggins, <laughs> and it's a, li- it's a little nasty, but Wiggins is 10, Poole is eight, Clay is seven, Steph is four. Wait, Mavs only got two. Mavs only got two in there. Luca's leading the whole thing, Bertans. obviously. And Jalen Brunson's hanging in there uh, at Jay. fifth. Oh, so my question is here: like the Warriors, you know, we've talked about like, oh, you know, like this. Like, shout out to our guy Joe for in his preview the way he put it: their egalitarian offense, which I thought, <laughs> I thought was just so perfect. Like, but. You know, it has its merits. Like, it distributes the scoring. You know, Wiggins hasn't been popping off, but he's been given those points consistently. And you're generally getting at least one or two of Steph, Clay, and Poole having a, having a good night. And if you can count on, you know, well over 60 points per game from your backcourt and you've got Wiggins producing as he does, it doesn't leave a whole lot of margin for error for the other team because they really got to shut down those role players and they got to work on the stars. So with that in mind, my X factor is Jalen Brunson, because I think Mavericks are going to be really pressed to try to make up that scoring and especially try to find some scoring that comes without an advantage that Luca created. And, you know, Brunson is incredible, but his best possessions come when Luca is coming off a double or, you know, when the ball is already swinging around and it's in motion, usually again, coming from Luca and he's a great driver. He can get downhill He's a good catch and shoot guy. He's not just, he's not exceptional at a lot of things by himself. And I don't think he can really press some of the Warriors better defenders like Luby can. So I think the question for me is can he really abuse Jordan Poole? Can he go to work on Steph? Can he make Clay pay for some of the matchups that he's going to see? And can he really be that like top five scorer still that we've seen in his playoffs and try to help Luca? get along because 
Dinwiddie had his flashes in that game, but like the dude shooting under 40% on twos in the playoffs, that's kind of just who he is. Like he is a chucker and he can get downhill, but I wouldn't count on him creating a whole lot by himself. So I think if Brunson can, you know, really tap into that magic he had in like the first round where he was just cutting up on the jazz, then I think he's the X factor that can keep Dallas in the series. I like that. I'm actually not going to be surprised at all. Like I said earlier, if the Warriors start Wiggins on Brunson, just because he's a quick, he's a quick little guard and clay has not been, that's kind of been clay script tonight so far. I won't be surprised, but that's a, that's a sweet pick. Uh, I'm rolling with what some might consider Brunson's counterpart. Uh, the third and youngest splash brother, Jordan Poole. Uh, listen, I think in a similar way, the Warriors need a secondary ball handler a lot of the time. And I think we kind of learned, at least in part last series, we don't want that to be Draymond so much. I think it needs to be Poole more often than not, uh, if it's not Steph. And as long as we're talking about shooters too, Poole is, when he's hot, I think recently, as he's as good as anybody, when it's, whether it's Clay or Steph, uh, but he also kind of sinks to lows that I think other guys don't sink to as far as shooting the ball goes. And I think, like I said earlier, a lot of the series is going to come down to three point shooting. And if a guy of uh, pool's caliber isn't hitting uh, at the same clip as a lot of his counterparts in the series, I think the Warriors is going to be in a lot of trouble because he's going to have a lot of open looks when he shares the floor with Steph. Um, and I also think his Dallas team doesn't have a lot of rim protection and it should be a, a really good opportunity for Poole to get to the basket. And if he's doing that with consistency and finishing like we've seen him finish, uh, I could see him putting up anywhere from, you know, 24 to 30 points a game this series. So I'm going with Jordan Poole for all those reasons. Uh, I think if he has a great series, I mean, things are going well for the Warriors. And if he doesn't, I think it's going to be really hard for them to pull out a victory. So. Hey, two, two wonderful selections, two uh, just, you know, intellectual, intellectual things, but <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to take mine um, and keep it quite simple. Um, I'm taking the most recent Davidson graduate, man, Steph Curry. Um, he is my X factor in this series, um, which is kind of crazy to say um, out loud. But um, like we kind of touched on earlier this uh, this episode, um, you know, Steph's had a great postseason. And I think, um, you know, he's not shooting at the clip that you know, we're used to him shooting at and the, the bar that he set for himself. But he's averaging – whatever, 26, six and something. Um, and he's the leading the, uh, leading the NBA in playoff, uh, fourth quarter points. Um, but that being said, we haven't seen a nuclear stuff performance, a nuclear string of games. We've seen stretches, um, to kind of to close out the Grizzlies. He had some victories there with clay, but, um, if the, if Steph Curry can go nuclear, uh, in the West conference finals where, you know, he's arguably one of the greatest Western Conference Finals players, um, just with the numbers that he puts up. If he can deliver a classic, just vintage Steph Curry performance, this is a this series is a wash, man. I don't care how well Luka plays. I don't care how well anybody else plays. If Steph Curry plays to the astronomical level that we know he can hit, and he's shown us time and time again, especially in this round, the Warriors are punching their ticket to uh, the NBA Finals. Um, I, I don't think that there's anybody – more suited to break out than Steph. Um, we kind of we kind of saw it with Clay. Shout out Game Six, Clay, um, our guy. Uh, we saw a pool in the first round. Um, kind of took uh, a defensive, kind of gritty effort in the second. Um, it's tailor made for Steph to kind of push us over the top and get the uh, get another West Conference banner. So I'm going with 30, man. I think he's he, if he gets going and if he's if he plays the way we know he can, series is over. 
I like that. And I think, I think it's, it's not, I think it's a good one though, because I think if Steph is dueling with Luca on even playing field, it's a wrap after that. I think it's, that's, that's tough. That's tough. You got them saying earlier that he might think Luca is the best player in the playoffs. Uh, we kind of skipped over that somehow, but that's a big deal. Uh, Gotham doesn't say things like that half-heartedly. Yeah, I don't, but... About hey, players hey, on the other team? Players <laughs> on the other team. I, it, it just shows how much respect I have for Luka Doncic. I think he's an amazing player, an amazing talent. That being said, we still got Steph Curry, man. That's a great second-best player in the series to have at this moment. At this moment, his career is the second-best player in the series. But if you can channel in that classic 30... Um, like you said, if, if, if he's taking Luca out um, just one-on-one or in terms of numbers-wise, um, the, the Warriors have way too much firepower um, with uh, Poole, Wiggins, all the other guys that we've mentioned. So um, that's that's my X Factor, man. Um, face of the franchise, we gotta we got to bring it all home. So I've kind of got – it's like an honorable mention X Factor slash, I guess, take of the week. Uh, I think Kaminga – I don't think he's an X Factor. I think – he could be a luxury in the series. And I think he actually can have an impact on the series in the way he couldn't in that, um, in that Dallas series. I think his size uh, for all the same reasons we thought in that Memphis series offensively, but I don't think there's anybody waiting at the rim to slow him down. Like there was a Brandon Clark or Jaron Jackson jr. And again, small sample size for the season, but uh, Luca with Kaminga guarding him uh, one for six this season, again, small sample size, but uh, we have seen Kaminga hold up pretty well against, you know, individual scores, whether it's DeMar DeRozan, whether it was uh, Luca for that short stretch. Uh, I think he can come in for, you know, 10 minutes a game and maybe actually leave an imprint. Wow. Someone read my preview. <laughs> I was literally, I was literally uh, just messaging our guy, Joe, trying to figure out how can we work in some Kaminga minutes here? Like, I need to see. I need to see him not only defending Luca, but I need to see him screaming down the court in transition and getting those outlet passes. Like, oh yeah, Chester. he's so money at that. So, I want to see him out there for sure. So that being said, sorry, sorry, finish up, sorry, come on, Especially if they keep uh, keep Iggy under ice, which don't know, don't know how the uh, the OG professor is going to be holding up. But hey, if you can give us some minutes too, that'd be great. Um, gentlemen, we've got the keys to the series. We've got our X factors. Um, I think it's time to give our pre-series predictions for how this one is going to play out. Uh, Matt, Chuck, um, are the Warriors going to the NBA Finals? Matt? Yeah, I'll go first. Yes. The answer is yes, they're going to the NBA Finals. Um, That's right, baby. You guys don't need to go after this because I have made it certain. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, I'm saying Warriors in six. I think it's going to be a semi-similar series to the last one. I think two at home for a team that plays a lot better at home than they have on the road recently is awesome to start with. It's an awesome way to start the series, pardon me. Uh, and I think, again, we've seen this team one in the road every single series for like 30 years, whatever the record is, right? Uh, so I think they'll steal one of those first games in Dallas. And I think uh, we'll see a 3-1 lead early on and Probably lose the second one in Dallas, or third one in Dallas, pardon me, the third game in Dallas, and then uh, close out at home in game six. That's not right. Yeah, that's not up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to scratch that. They're winning in Dallas game six. There we go. There we go. There it is. Yes. Uh, no, I love the, them. Oh, I, I don't know. 3-1 at home. Yeah, I don't know if they. I don't know if they blow that, man. I don't know if they Chuck's I'm, I'm liking it. what you. I'm liking the way you're going, man. What's your prediction, brother? I mean, with the picture he's painting, like I think, uh, again, the way I see this goes, I see him. 
I think they're going to chalk the first two games at home. Each team, Warriors get that 3-2, close it out in Dallas on the road, game six. Uh, They just – they have the magic in that game for whatever reason. Um, I think – I think Kerr's going to have to be on his toes. Like, it feels ridiculous saying that, like, I'm worried he could get outcoached by Jason Kidd. But, you know, here we are in this wonderful simulation we all live in. Uh, (laughs) Like, but it is a real problem. You know, like, he – he made a ton of adjustments. He did a lot of things to get around the coach of the year. So like he can absolutely do it around Steve Kerr. And we've known that Kerr is, you know, not quick to adjust. So we'll see what he goes to. And that's one thing I'm going to be watching out for, but I still got dubs and six, man. Like there's too much talent on the court and they've got too much of a track record, just finding ways to deal with these heliocentric teams. Like they, they always find a way to, take the role players out of rhythm. You know, I dubs and six was my initial thought in either matchup. Um, didn't really matter who we were playing. Um, that was going to be my prediction, but the more I thought about it and the more that I, the home court plays, I, I I'm with Matt on the picture. You painted, man. I think we come back to chase with a three, one lead. Um, I think we take the first two at home, uh, steal one of those uh, road games and, I, I just don't see this team losing a closeout game in Chase. Um, they won. They won road games um, in the first two road games that they played in both these series. I think they keep that up. Um, and so I, it feels weird picking Warriors in five for a Western Conference Finals. But I, you know, I, I don't. I don't know how much the NBA likes the ratings, and we'll see what the referee adjustments are or the uh, referee alignment is. But uh, no, I'm gonna go Warriors in five. Um, I think that. You know, both teams are obviously coming in off off gritty series wins, but I just think that the Warriors' firepower um, is going to prove too much. I don't know if – I think it's going to come down to Luka beating the Warriors in this series. And like I said, he could do it for a game, maybe two, and I'm going to take the under on two right now. So I'm going to go dubs in five, man. Um, that's going to be my prediction um, with a closeout game and chase. Didn't go three for three. You think Adam Silver's letting a conference finals go five games and miss a? I don't know, man. That's what I'm saying. That's that's the one thing. Like I'll, I'll see how this. We got to see how these first two games play out. But I, it's, I, there's some. It's, I, it just feels like they're gonna come back with a three-one lead and they're not gonna lose game five at home. So, um, that being said, I, I dubs and six. I like that in terms of ratings, but. Um, I guess I am the guy to make the dubs and five prediction, so I'll, I'll fucking ride that shit. I, to I, the I expected it. I, so I'll go dubs and five, baby. Dubs and five, punch the ticket to the NBA Finals and play game one at Chase Center for the NBA Finals in the sixth time in the eight years. Oh, That's yeah. Right. I apologize to everybody who had to listen to my prediction because if you go back, it's not going to make any sense. Nothing about it will make <laughs> sense, but uh, I, I'm sticking with it. Dubs in five and six is my prediction. Uh, guys, you got anything to plug before we go? I, I mean, you know, got my preview up today. Uh, go check it out on outwithpass.net. As always, we got some good stuff coming up there. Uh, the people have chosen uh, a little Mac Dre piece, which I'm hoping to work through this week. Uh, I like kind of just sitting back and enjoying the series as they play out while they're playing out. So, uh, look for that coming out into this week too. Oh yeah, Charlie. Uh, what about you, fellas? Uh, shit, I got 
go check out the last pod first uh first solo episode it was sick uh, it was dope to weird to record without the boys but um i thought i did decent so check that one out and then um i want to shout out clay thompson we are the game she's clay pod and uh it was just amazing to see um him using those six fingers up there um just kind of proving the proving the world Shout out his Instagram story with the uh, I was just gonna Tyson, say, dude, oh Jordan God. Game Six. That Great. was just the coldest thing I've ever seen. Um, so yeah, shout out, shout out <laughs> our namesake. Shout out to Trey Young for pointing out that he has yeah, Trey Young pointed out, like, and he still chose Michael Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> real, real, recognized, real. Um, but yeah, no, shout out Clay Thompson. It was so wonderful to see um, just with the, everything the guy's been through. So Clay, if you ever, if you are listening to this, my brother, shout out, good shit. Let's uh, let's keep this going. <laughs> you got nothing, guys. Catch Gotham's. Uh, whether it's now it's not it's not you know game by game applicable now because it was for a memphis series but if you're feeling uh if you're lacking in confidence for this warrior series coming up listen to gotham talk to you for a half hour he will talk you into into warriors and five so give that a listen i got nothing else charlie i'm not gonna lie man i've not read your piece yet but i always do read them i swear on my life but it's uh it's bedtime reading so i'll be picking that up tonight guys always catch charlie he fills you in on every conceivable outcome for these series so uh catch those he does a lot of work other than that guys i think we're gonna sign off here gotham sign us off hey guys thank you so much for listening i know that we've gotten a lot more listeners uh, during this playoff run so for everyone that has you know joined the uh gangsters clay podcast bandwagon appreciate you guys spread the word um please keep shouting us out on twitter um send us your questions uh we love answering them it's always uh it's always awesome to see but uh other than that man enjoy this western conference finals and let's go doves baby let's go back to the finals Um, But till the next episode, we'll see you guys then. Peace. And that'll do it. The Golden State Warriors advance to their fifth consecutive Western Conference Final. For the second straight year, they eliminate the Rockets here in Houston as they take this series in six games and they win game six without Kevin Durant. Just a painful way to end the season once again for Chris Paul, James Harden, and the Rockets.